Welcome to this episode of Anesthesia On Air, the podcast from the Royal College of Anesthetists. I'm Dr. Sarah Thornton and I'm an uh, anaesthetic consultant at Royal Bolton Hospital. I'm also an elected member of the Royal College uh, of Anesthetists Council. Thank you for joining me for the second half of our chat with Dr. Ian Roberts, who is Vice President of the FIA Medical Commission and Medical Rescue Coordinator for Formula One Racing. If you haven't listened to the first half of the podcast yet, I recommend you go back to that edition to hear how Ian was first drawn into motorsport and how he ended up in the medical car on the F1 grid. We're now going to pick up the conversation talking about car safety and the infamous crash of Romain Grosjean in Bahrain in 2021. So um, you were you were first on scene when Romain Grosjean um, had his crash in Bahrain uh, and, and the fire and everything. Can you talk us through how how you dealt with that and and what what was the sort of the process of of sorting him out that's um that was the f- a first lap um, incident which meant that um as as is the 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 normal um way that we operate the medical car was following the first the first lap um and as we um came around the corner we both Alan and I, um, with a number of expletives, I guess, uh, saw the, the the fireball, um, and as soon as we rounded the corner, we could see that there was half a car, um, and uh, just a, a mass of flames. And as we drew up to it, I could see the the gap, um, the hole rather that had been made in the the armco barrier, and basically. The, the front of the car was was through and it was like looking into a furnace um, and I could see so initially when you, when we looked and saw the back of the car it was where is the other where's the other bit of the car is it is it flown is it is it what what's it done um, and then some then the realization that it was that it was through the barrier um, and I could see um, the driver I didn't know we didn't know who it was at the time um, and uh, Roman was trying to get out. Um, at that point, um, obviously, the, the the thing is, how we're going to immediately? How do we do this with all this uh, with the fire? And it was hot. Uh, I'd never experienced anything like that that before. Um, the fireman fireman crossed the track with an extinguisher, and um, unfortunately, he had a little bit of difficulty pulling the pin um, from the from the extinguisher. But once we got that, and I actually pointed in. To, act, to direct the extinguisher actually through the hole at the at the driver, because the, the generally the natural thing to do for a lot of the, the the marshals is to try and put the fire out in the car, but that wasn't the important bit here. This was about about getting the getting to the driver, um, and getting closer. The, the yeah the heat was 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 incredible, um, and one of the first thoughts going through my head was this is going to hurt because I I it was I was going to go have to go over the barrier um and as I saw Roman coming up through the flames then I know there was a few few seconds of relief and um just grabbing out for him I mean the whole thing was over in about 45 50 seconds um so pulled him over the or as he came over put my arm up for him um and um my thought was i don't want him falling backwards so it was a matter of re- reaching up and try and grab him and then just um, pull him over 
Um, and um, what what's interesting from his book, he says, I, I then shouted at him and, and, um, and talked to him like he was a moron, which... Um, which in retrospect um i i, I didn't i um I, his his helmet was was blackened um i couldn't see through his visor because the tear offs on the visor were all melted and of course um uh having gone through that armco and come out of the flames i was thinking airway um and concussion and basically i wanted him to talk to me and i wanted to know what was what was going on so um, my questions may have sounded odd to him, but um, I've actually experienced having to intubate um, a number of people with severe facial burns. And um, it's, um, as, as people will know, um, intubating a, a burnt airway is fraught with, uh, with dangers and um, can be extremely tricky. Um, and I didn't want this guy collapsing um, in front of me with um, without having thought about what what injuries are going to be the immediate um, uh, of immediate interest. Anyway, once we got him back, got him into the car, dressed his burns, uh, or put some cooling on his burned hands, um, and it was a matter of trying to trying to get him from our car in, into the ambulance, and he he just flatly refused to lie down or or do anything other than walk to the ambulance um and he basically wanted to demonstrate to his family and to his wife that he was fine that he was okay he was uh and um that was that was the way he was going to do it he was going to walk across the track and no insistence from me or alan could make him wait in the car and uh off we went so um that's that's why you see us walking him across onto a onto a stretcher and then into the uh, into the ambulance Wow. So, so what what injuries did he end up having? So, what injuries were did he have? Just his hands. Just his hands. Yeah. Um, um, we thought maybe there might have been an ankle injury. Um, um, in fact, he um, his foot was trapped in the car, um, and he managed to pull his foot out of his boot. And if you see the footage, he's he's literally comes out with uh, his right shoe on, and his his left left uh, left foot has just got a a Nomex sock, um, and um, yeah, they just they were they were burns, and and that that was because the, the the gloves that he was wearing were relatively thin compared to the um, to the standard that had been um, designed by the FIA um, fairly recently, but the new standard the 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 nomex was so thick that the the drivers didn't like the the thickness of the of the of the, of the nomex and so it was downgraded ever so slightly so that they had the dexterity um and that may have contributed to the to the to his burns because of the, the relative thinness um of the of the nomex so has it changed since well the, yeah the standard is still there um and um but the as my understanding is they it's it's not as as um not as thick as um the initial experiments and, and research would want it to be but of course the the drivers would refuse to uh refuse to 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 to, to use those those gloves because they just didn't work um for their workplace as it were are their suits are their suits completely fire retardant then as well that they're wearing 
Uh, yes, they're not they're not fireproof. They're fire retardant. They they usually have a, a, a three layer Nomex plus they have um, a layer of Nomex underwear. Um, they're there to enable them to get out of a fire, not 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 sit in it, um, and it's certainly not to go and fight fires. Um, so yeah, they're they're flame and heat retardant, and uh, to give them time to to get themselves away from a from the fire. Their helmets as well. Um, they have a um, as uh, as we saw a heat retardancy, and they are also designed so that smoke and flame cannot enter into the into the helmet. But you you never know. You always have to be sort of treat everything with a bit of caution. Um, in fact, the the helmets that the F1 drivers have now they're probably the safest that they've ever had in terms of their construction and the amount of research that has gone into them. So uh, what are the challenges for the future then? Are they going, you know, talking about electric cars, hybrid cars? Do you think it's going to change the safety? Um, I think, I mean, any, anything with speed um, and, uh, you know, you, you can't, uh, as Mr. Scott says, you can't change the law of physics. Um, anything with speed, um, you need to sort of manage that, that, that energy, um, whether the, the the power unit is uh, is, is petrol um, hydrogen um, or, or electrical power. Um, there's you still have to manage that 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 speed. Um, in terms of safety for fuels, yeah, there's a there are a number of regulations and safety um, developments going on to re- retain retain fuels. Um, you know, if we do go to things like hydrogen uh, in cars. Um, there's an awful lot of research gone on in terms of retaining um, liquid fuels in in cars as well. Um, and the going back to just back to Roman, the fuel cell that held the fuel was absolutely intact. Uh, the problem with that was that the the fuel filler just popped out like a cork, and so sort of basically dumped um, a, a race load of fuel um, into that that fireball. And um, so we can retain retain the fuels um in 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 that case um there are synthetic fuels coming on so you know just to 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 replace um uh, petrol um there are a number of uh research projects on that look at the way um fire moves around a a single seater and, and ways to extinguish it and ways to contain it so uh, there are there are definitely ongoing research projects electrical that's that's another that's a a, a, a huge topic in itself um and uh, we've not yet seen a really major problem with the with the formula e batteries yet roman's car was remember rightly it's 1.3 kilowatt hours so it's a relatively small power pack but it discharges its energy very quickly because it needs to 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 drive um the the overtake etc um a formula e car is around about 55 kilowatt hours so considerably larger um so it holds a lot more energy um so it's it's how you manage the safety of those 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 devices i mean basically you have to bury them because <laughs> they just burn um they're not like a traditional fire um so that, that's 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 going to be something that that 
um, electrical safety is going to be something that moves into the the sort of domestic sphere. You know, the, the number of electric cars that are now um, on the street um, that that potentially is you know needs to be managed. So this is a pure anaesthetic question. What drugs do you carry with you in the car? Do you take any drugs with you in case you needed to intubate that airway? If Roman had had an airway injury and he was conscious but losing his airway, do you take any drugs to assist you in that situation? Um, I I don't um, because taking drugs across um, uh, um, boundaries, country boundaries, is fraught with uh, with problems. So uh, I don't. But the local doctor does, um, and it depends really on one their choice um, and to what I can recommend to them. So we often will have a selection um, and there will be things like um, ketamine, uh, propofol, um, um, muscle relaxant, um, some form of sedation um, and then a pack of resuscitation drugs. So the usual um, um, epinephrine um, the, uh, and then whatever the, the, the local doctor wishes to carry. Um, so that all gets checked by me so that I know what's there. And if I need to use it, then I know that it's it's the it's it's what's familiar to me. Um, but I, I, I don't I don't carry any any drugs other than paracetamol and brufin um, in the for, for the for the for the local crew, um, because, yeah, um, any anything over borders is very, very tricky. So would you draw them up before a race? Would you actually have a, a syringe of uh, propofol or ketamine drawn up ready or would you have them just in ampules? Um, they're generally um, left undrawn, but everything is ready to do that. Um, we, we've we never... Um, um, well, no, no, that's not true. I'm just thinking we did have to intubate um, a driver um post um incident in an f2 race um but there was time to um to to uh, uh do that the resuscitation drugs are all pre-filled and ready to go but anesthesia drugs are not this episode of anesthesia on air is sponsored by concentric the market leading digital consent application used at more than 20 NHS trusts. Paper consent is inefficient, doesn't support shared decision-making and contributes to medico-legal risk. Lewis Hamilton wouldn't put up with it and Concentric don't think you should either. It doesn't have to be like that. With Concentric, it's simple to prepare consent information, share that with patients and give consent remotely. It's simple to use and you don't need to be an F1 engineer to use it. Concentric has been shown to improve shared decision-making quality and reduce day-of-surgery delays. Pit stop efficiency may feel a long way off, but maybe Concentric should be your next step in the right direction. Get on the starting grid and try it out today by going to concentric.health forward slash try it out. So F1 is very high profile, isn't it? There's lots of celebs turn up and famous faces. Do you ever get asked to 
look after them or do they leave you be and go to the uh, F1 doctors? Well, to be honest, the, the, the best the best place for them to go to is to the medical centre because the medical centre is also set up for um, not just for, for, for trauma. Um, it has to be able to look after um, or there has to be a medical service that looks after the, the spectators. Um, and anyone who comes from the paddock um, will, would normally go to the um, to the, the medical centre. Um, but, yeah, we we. we I mean, we, we can treat very simple things. We, we do take a, um, uh, a small medical kit uh, with us so we can do that. And it's, 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 a, it's really a courtesy thing. Um, generally, we would advise them to see the local medical um, uh, staff. Uh, we have a very good uh, relationship with the chief medical officer and their deputy. And so if, if someone does need to be seen relatively quickly then you know we can do a courtesy courtesy call to to do that um there are within the paddock um a a group uh, of doctors and paramedics who are employed to look after members of the paddock but that's that's a base that's a team-based thing um and certainly any guests that they that the teams may have um they can see them first uh, but if anybody comes to see us, then we can we can give advice. Uh, but if there's anything more than that, that goes to the local team, uh, and because then they obviously have the links with the local hospitals um, and can carry on any f- uh, further treatment. So Alan is an ex-racing driver, isn't he? Does he ever frighten the life out of you when, with his driving, or is he very? Safe? <laughs> Um, Alan is extremely safe. Um, Alan's a Formula Formula Three British uh, Formula Three champion. Um, uh, he is an excellent driver, um, and he is not racing. Um, he is getting a medical car with equipment and two doctors to the scene of an incident, um, and he does that um, extremely professionally. Yes, we we travel at speed um, we do track tests with the with the safety and medical cars um, he has to drive sometimes very hard so that when we do that first lap we can get back into the pit lane having followed the formula one cars before they lap us before they see us so he, he really does have to push the medical car quite hard i have never in my 10 years felt unsafe with him um he's uh, he's had to push things very hard like i say at times and um you know we've been very close to walls but it's always been controlled i mean going around monaco for example or baku uh in azerbaijan um that there we get some speed at the, the end of those those straights in in baku i mean i think it's for a, a street circuit and being very close to those concrete barriers um but uh, never never felt unsafe um Excellent, real professional, very professional guy. Great fun to be with. Fantastic sense of humour. Um, so yeah, it's it's great. And um, for a non-medic, um, you know, he gets involved. Um, he he, uh, his assistance has been crucial on a number of uh, of occasions. Uh, very cool head, um, and um, yeah, I mean, superb help. Absolutely, absolutely. So do you watch Drive to Survive? 
Um, yes, I've I've seen a I've seen a few bits and pieces of it. Um, the, the the drives. Is it real? It, it well, it is. But I mean, obviously, it's it's stuff that's cut together to make a drama, and that's um, and, and that's it. But I mean, some of the characters they they they, they do come across as. Uh, um, uh, I mean, Gunter Steiner is such a funny guy, and that that's him. He's um, he the way he's uh, he comes over in there. He's it's just very straightforward, and he says it like it is, which I think is is great. You know, um, Drive to Survive has um, increased the number of people watching uh, Formula One and given people a slightly different um, a different look into the sport um there are many more uh, people watching formula one because of the backstory um it's not it's not um i mean um i know it's a bit of a stereotype it's not a bunch of um old blokes talking about carburettors and um and and uh, engine timings anymore it's it's including lots more people um and, and trying to get them to understand some of the vagaries of Formula One, because, you know, the FIA and Formula One don't do themselves any favours sometimes. You know, the, the rules are, are, have been made more and more complex um, and do change on a regular basis, um, basically to stop people cheating. But um, that must be quite. Yeah, that must be quite hard for you, though, if they change the regulations and they say that the cars have to change in a particular way. Doesn't that don't you have to do a com- a new risk assessment every year on the new type of the, on the car. Um, generally speaking, no. Um, they they do change specifications on the car, but the the constant is that is the safety cell. Uh, and but of course, if those rules do change, then yes, we do get very much involved with that. But that that's fairly much a constant. Um, the seat is a constant, for example. Um, the it's. We do keep an eye on what's going on with the regulation because that it may um, it may hamper what we do. I mean, when they've started putting all of that aerodynamics on it, that was a nightmare for us in terms of doing certain interventions. But if the car's damaged or involved in an incident, I, I don't care. I just walk all over it. If something gets broken, well, it's only breaking it a little bit more. Um, the problem comes with you've got aero on it and you're trying to do a practice extrication, for example, and you don't want to damage the car because some of the, the aero is, is integrated into the car. It's not bolt on, bolt off. And um, the teams do get very, very upset um, if we um, if we break anything when, we, uh, when we're doing the, the practices. Um, and some of the bits of the car are so fragile, believe it or not. You're talking about practices. How how much do you have to do that? So to practice getting, what simulations do you do to get people out of cars? Yeah, we we do um, two separate lots of simulation. One is um, a trackside um, accident simulation. So we'll 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 simulate um, an incident, and um, it will be like an ATLS moulage essentially, but with um, with all of the resources coming in so we'll practice that with the with the local team we encourage them to to do their own scenarios as well um to to keep their people up to uh, up to speed um that's quite variable in how useful it is if you have if you go to a a a a circuit where they're doing motorsport all the time 
they tend to walk the the scenario. They they they, they know what's what's happening. They've they've probably been taking people out of cars in the previous weekend, so the value to them is probably not as as great as it would be to somewhere where they have no other motorsport and this is their only their only event. Um, and running the team through a potential scenario is is extremely useful. Um, the the other is a compulsory extrication exercise which the the extrication teams go through and they have to remove a driver from um, from the car. Um, it, we can't do a true simulation because obviously turning a Formula One car onto its side or onto its roof um, gets a bit frowned upon and uh, we have to do as much as best we can um, and we it used to be that um, the teams would only practice with the extrication seat, um, but we're very keen that they should also demonstrate the ability to remove a driver with other techniques because the extrication seat is just one. Uh, there are various other techniques, um, including no equipment whatsoever, and that's literally as much as you can support the driver getting them out. Um, so, for example, if you have a uh, an unconscious driver and you environmentally there's an issue um, there's fire um, it's the biggest one you want to get somebody out quickly and away from the situation we're not going to um, be doing anything to do with the extrication seat we just want the driver away um, so they, they they're put through those uh, each each team so it and it's not timed um, we're more interested in, in the technique um, saying that not timed if it if it's excessive time then obviously we might have to do some remedial work we're interested in can you do it can you do it efficiently um, um and sometimes we throw in a curveball and say okay you know the, the extrication seat's wedged in you can't do that you've got to change um so it's getting them to think about the the type so you're doing that every every race so 23 races in the year when you get there on the Wednesday as part of your race weekend, you know, weekend, right? When, when are we doing our simulation and you're doing that every, with every race with every local team? Yeah, that's right. When we arrive on the Wednesday, we go to the track on the Thursday. Um, we will check on the, the local medical team. We'll visit the medical center. We'll speak with the CMO. We'll look at any other issues that may have occurred since the previous year. Um, part of our role is to make sure all the medical services are there. Um, on the Thursday uh, afternoon, we test the medical cars. So we will do simulated laps uh, with the safety and medical cars. Um, we will then do um, a scenario on track um, and then we will do the extrication exercises. Um, and they're timetabled for virtually always around five 5 p.m. It's so that the Formula One teams can um, factor that into their uh, their program because they have lots of other things to do. Um, us turning up to do a, a an exercise um, interrupts their their preparations. So that one team is nominated per race. They're told that right at the beginning of the season. So, for example, you know, when we go to Monaco, Ferrari will know that we will come to them. When we go to Silverstone, Mercedes will know it's their turn. Um, so they share they share the pain, as it were, they, that one hour that they have to stop preparing their car and give something over to us um, to hopefully not damage. Have you ever damaged one and got in trouble? 
Um, well, yes, um, we have. Um, um, and, and unfortunately, it was telling the, the extrication team to be very careful. You know, we, we, we know that um, these cars are perfectly intact and this is a simulation. Uh, and please look after the car. We'll factor that in. And um, so if they can't do something because they have to reach over, we'll, we'll factor that, that in. But yeah, there's a, a Williams, um, a previous Williams car where the side pods were almost eggshell and uh, one of the team, Neil, put a knee, a knee on it and, and uh, all of a sudden there was a big crack and that, that got broken. Um, and yeah, we've the, the things have been been broken um been broken off uh not 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 regularly but um yeah we get a few frowns and we apologize and well sorry <laughs> um yeah it's 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 worse it's worse when <laughs> it's all in the aid of safety well yes i mean uh you know we've not done obviously we've not done it on purpose we take as much care as we can and um uh, it's uh, it's 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 one of those it's one of those things. But the worst thing is when it's it's um, part is integrated in. So, for example, rear view mirrors on some of the cars are actually built in rather than bolt on, and um, they have to be quite careful about those because if you're leaning in and you're concentrating on extricating the driver, you're not really uh, taking care about where your knees or where you're where you're leaning, and things do go crack. So. Um, yeah, very expensive, but but not very often. Not very often. You said in the beginning that you're not an F1 super fan, but surely if you're there all the time, you must get involved in the in the excitement of of who's winning and who's who's not winning. Do you not? Do you have a a favourite? Are you allowed to say? Oh, I'm, I'm allowed to have favourites. Yes, I mean um, that's not a that's not a problem. Um, I'll come to that in a moment. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm not I'm not a super fan. I, I follow it, yes. But um, um, as as we mentioned in our, our, our chat at the beginning of um, when we, we met this morning, um, I I like to see a grid of minis. I like to, a big uh, grid of amateur minis or um, amateur club sport um, is just great. Um, so I do enjoy that. Um, Yes, I do follow the, you know, it gets, um, it does get to you as, you know, you get to the, towards the end of the season and, uh, you know, there are different uh, shenanigans going on between the teams and, you know, uh, different drivers are within so many points of each other. Um, and we do, we do watch that. And when we're in the car, I get the telemetry from the, from the cars. So I can actually, uh, I've actually got the um, a timing screen in the car amongst the other uh, monitors that I have. Um, and yeah, we do, do do keep an eye on it. Some races are so utterly boring that, to be honest, at the end of the race, we'll probably just turn to each other and say, "Well, you know, is that done? Who who won then?" Um, and then others are much more exciting, and uh, and we're following it on the TV, the the, the, the broadcast feed that we get into the car. Um, yeah, it's, some are so unmemorable that I've I've literally got um, got to to the border where I've sort of presented my passport to get back into the UK and been asked where I've been. And they said, oh, who won then? And I'm thinking, oh, I have no idea. And I've literally had that experience where I couldn't even, I couldn't even remember. And it sort of just sound a bit suspicious when you've said you've been away at a, at a, a motorsport uh, event and yeah. you can't name the winner. But, um, but still, anyway, it doesn't happen very often. Um, favourites. So um, who is your favourite? Yeah, go on. I, 
I quite like the underdog. So um, when um, uh, the the Haas team, because I, I I mean it wasn't down to Grosjean, they um, they were certainly you know way 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 down um, in terms of points. But so when they get points, I get quite excited because you know normally they don't do anything. Um, and then they get some points, and then the whole, the whole um, feeling about the team gets, you know, they get very excited, and they've got some points, and it just spurs them on. So yeah, I like to like to do that. I don't, I, I do keep an eye on Mercedes and Red Bull, but they're so out there in at the front that I, you know, they don't need my support. I, you know, it's the, it's the people at the in the middle at the back that need a. Oh, I'm a, a, a Max fan. I, I, Max is a lovely guy. I. Yeah, he he is. He's such a polite young man. Um, obviously, you know these these guys. They're so they're you know, excuse the pun. They're extremely driven. Um, they they have to perform. But he's so polite. It's uh, incredible. Um, um, Valtteri Bottas is one of my favourites. Um, my wife likes him. Um, I don't know why. Really. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, she 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 follows um, Valtteri. Um, uh, yeah, and um, yeah, just the, the 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 everybody's trying to work hard, and it, it, it's funny because every, oh, everybody says, "Oh, you know, the, the teams at the back—they're terrible." No, they're not. They're Formula One teams. You know, these drivers may not be at the front of the grid, but they're some of the—they are the best drivers in the world, and uh, even the worst are, um, are still excellent. So it's it's all a matter of perspective. Does Does your wife come with you to any of the races? Um, yes, some, some, um, certainly not all. Um, and so she's you know, quite selective about which one she, she goes to or the ones I take her to. Um, and so, yeah, she likes, um, she likes to go to Monaco to people watch. Um, I always think of that as an event rather than a race, but there we go. Um, and, uh, Silverstone, of course. I, I, I loved Monaco. It was amazing. I mean, I was in the, the, the most rubbish seats you could possibly be in. But uh, it was fantastic. And on the race day, we went up onto the side, hillside and watched the whole thing from above. It was amazing. So you get invited to all the big dinners, don't you, Ian? Um, no. <laughs> uh, Monaco and places in, in beautiful hotels. Well, no, no. no. We, we, oh, we stay in a very modest hotel. It's in walking distance of the, um, of, of the, uh, of the track. Um, I have been to um, occasional um, um, post post race um, events, uh, but it's not it's not it's not usual. Um, after the race, it's um, grab a cup of tea and uh, tidy up, put everything away, uh, back to the hotel and uh, prepare for flight either that night or in the morning. So it's um, uh, no, it's that's that's where the glamour bit falls down. You see, it's not as glamorous as it sounds. No, no, <laughs> I'm there to do. I'm there to do a Thank job. You so much. Well, you you do. It sounds like you do an amazing job. I mean, what a fantastic thing you do um and thank you so much for talking to us that's been absolutely fascinating to hear how it all works uh, it's been been a pleasure, uh, pleasure. i'm very grateful oh, thank you, you. very 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 well very welcome